0: Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. Jason, it's Packers Week. Uh, we will break down what we think will happen, our predictions for the game, and the keys for the Bears. All that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigued. Jason, training camp is over. The preseason is over. Uh, Labor Day weekend is over. And we got real football coming up. Not only is it real football, but it's Bears-Packers. And it's Bears-Packers without Aaron Rodgers, which is something fans, I'm sure, have been waiting to hear for, I don't know, 18 16 14 years something like that.
1: It's interesting Patrick going into this. Somebody asked me if the Bears are looking at this as uh you know like a real bitter heated rivalry and it just really doesn't feel that way right now. It will this is in its infancy even though this is the oldest rivalry in the NFL. When you look at Aaron Rodgers leaving, mm-hmm. I mean, he is the central figure of that rivalry. He has endured all of the Bears' Quarterbacks and coaches and whoever else has come through and Absolutely. been replaced. But you also look at the Bears. These are not a bunch of guys in general in this locker room that have spent the last few years getting beaten up by Green Bay. These are a lot of new players. When you have a totally new quarterback in for such a significant figure like Rodgers on one side, and you have a roster that's been overhauled significantly over the last two years, there is some sense that this feels like just another game at House Hall?
0: I think it's because it's been such a lopsided rivalry. I mean, the new faces, sure. You know, uh, the new quarterback in Green Bay, sure, that makes us feel a little less special probably. But really, I mean, the Bears just can't win. I mean, they've lost eight in a row. Mm -hmm. Um, Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Packers, has never lost to the Bears. Um, You know, during the Aaron Rodgers era, not only did the rivalry flip from, you know uh what it had been during the entire history of the sport which is the Bears won more than the Packers did uh to now the Packers have a healthy lead there the Packers have won something like 21 of 25 at Soldier Field I mean it's a rivalry because it is the ultimate rivalry, because I think, in the, the NFL. Says so. Yeah, but it's a rivalry because of what happened a hundred years ago, a lot right. more than it is because of what's happened in the last ten. It's not that it's not interesting,
1: Pat. It's not that it's boring. It's that it's new. This is the this is the rivalry starting over. Right. It's there is no carryover. I there is very very minimal carryover from either side. I think. I mean, DJ Moore, Tremaine Edmonds, Chase Claypool. Yeah. These guys have not. These guys don't have this long history of. All this angst mm-hmm. against Green Bay. The only guys you're hearing that from are like a Colt Komet type player, right. and even he's only been around for three years. Right. And it's not Aaron Rodgers anymore. So it's it's not boring. It's just very different. It just ve- feels completely different. This feels like this is the this truly is the start of a new chapter in the rivalry with a lot of new characters.
0: Green Bay's uh, lost one game at Soldier Field the last 13 years. Uh, you want to guess uh, what happened then? Was it the 2018 game? When Eddie Jackson intercepted a pass in the end zone to clinch the NFC North and then proceeded to injure himself while returning it, uh, being lost for the season and missing the playoff game, which ended in the double-dwink. So even the one good Bears moment at Soldier Field uh, in the last uh, 13 years uh, really wasn't that good a moment. When you think about it, yes, it feels like something new. It feels, it feels new, but I'm not sure it feels exciting necessarily because Jordan loves a guy who's been in the league for three years and has started one game. Um, you know, and you know, most of the other games he's played in have been blowouts. I don't think you have that sense of anticipation of, uh, of what he's going to bring because you just don't know. It's, uh, he's a perfect reflection of, you know, Packers fans who are thrilled to have him there are convinced he's going to be great. Packers fans who are disappointed that Aaron Rodgers left are convinced he's going to be bad. And they're probably both right because there's no, I mean, there's no, there's no evidence. He is a, uh, he's a blank slate. For, for your opinion on this rivalry. It I sounds think. a little familiar. A little because bit. Because that
1: is a little bit how things are looked at here in Chicago with Justin Fields.
0: Without all the former great quarterback. Yeah, not, all, not,
1: not apples to apples, but there's a lot of seeing what you want to see right. in Justin Fields and projecting what you want to project. And the fact is, Patrick, like, he might be better. Mm-hmm. He might have grown as a passer, but I have not seen that. Yet. Nope,
0: nope. and um, I
1: And I really don't say that in a way of, to, to discourage people from getting excited because he might be, but I just haven't seen it. I've seen a lot of up and down, and maybe Luke Getze is seeing more than I am and interpreting what I what he's seeing differently than I am and more accurately than I am. He's an expert in his field,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or maybe he's just saying what you got to believe, which is that he's going to be better. We just haven't seen it. No, and we've talked about this before with other things like. We, we've seen D.J. Moore, we know it. We know what D.J. Moore is based on these practices. We have seen Tremaine Edmonds the last few years play for the Bills. We know exactly what he is. You just don't have that with Justin Fields. Not in practice, not in games. You do not have a concrete idea of what to expect from him this season. We've seen less
0: than two quarters of football from the Bears starting offense. Right? Um, in, in exhibition play, you know, we saw them in Indianapolis look not particularly good. Uh, you know, I think the question of whether Justin can be a league average passer is a really important one. But I I think we haven't really seen the Bears run game, you know, in you know playing uh, meaningful minutes uh, or meaningful snaps. We haven't seen...
1: It's the only thing they were good at last year.
0: Yeah, it is. And, you know, so the field's passing game is part of it. But the other part is just the way the preseason is structured now, we just don't see the whole piece at all. I mean... Yeah. I mean, you know, you can look at some drills against the Colts, I guess, but, you know, just not only how he throws, but how he fits within the scope of the offense. I'm really curious to see.
1: They're both good running teams, Green Bay and the Bears, and they're both incentivized to rely on that with their quarterbacks trying to find their way.
0: Right. Yeah, it'll be, I don't know, I I think, can we say it'll be telling or is that, or is it too early to to even say that? I get back to with this rivalry. If not now, when exactly do the Bears plan on winning games, you know, this rivalry game? You know, if you can't do it against a quarterback who's made one start in his life and, you know, right now you're looking at Christian Watson, who's banged up. You're looking at Romeo Dobbs, who's banged up. The Bears somehow are healthier. The Bears somehow have the more accomplished quarterback. Um, you know, if not, if not Sunday, when? right? I mean, is that a foolish way to look
1: at it? No, it's not. But And I also, I mean, they seem fairly even mm-hmm. for the first time in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's again, goes back to this being something new. That's one of the things I like about this, Patrick, is right. this could be the start of a bunch of Jordan Love, Justin Fields battles. It could also be that they're both gone next year. <laughs> Well, you're right. And, and, we're, and we're doing this all again next year. It's a new chapter in the rivalry. And, with uh, and such I, and such new draft pick in Green Bay and such and such new draft uh, pick here. But I, the idea of it starting fresh and starting evenly, the last I saw the Bears were a one-point favorite, Yeah, I mean, about as close as it could get. I mean, I, I like that. I think that that is exciting in a different way. That I don't, how, much, how exciting could the last few years have been, really, with Aaron Rodgers, just knowing you're losing every game? Against them, you, well, but they, The Bears seem so resigned at points to how dominant it sure. was. And that
0: is no longer the undercurrent of the rivalry. If I was a Bears fan, I'm absolutely with you. Uh, even if the, if the gameplay is ugly, if it's sloppy, if the Bears win, they're going to be thrilled. In terms of watching football that's fun, and in terms of watching greatness, I mean, what are the odds that you and I turn to each other in the middle of the uh, second quarter on Sunday and go... These teams have combined for what? Four, yeah. first, four first downs? We've yeah. seen six punts. And, you know, they can run the ball, but you know, when it's third and eight, you gotta throw, and neither of these guys can throw. Like, there is a world where the Bears drag the Packers down into the muck with them. And say what you will about Aaron Rodgers, even Bears fans who hate him, boy, he was above that usually. Boy, he would even when he was bad and last year he was not good playing against them but he found ways to win and found ways to make throws when he had to. If you're a fan of good football, I think this is probably uh, a worse game than you got in December of last year.
1: I do like the way it sets up this year, though, where these teams play each other the first game and the last game. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: A lot will transpire between now and then. So maybe this one is kind of an ugly preview. Right. And I kind of think it will be. I I, – and seeing it the same way that you are. But it would be great if somebody's playing for something in Week 18. They don't necessarily both have to be playing right. for something, but if somebody's playing for something and all the main characters are still on the field uh, healthy and in place, I think that will be a really interesting comparison side-by-side to look at this game versus the Week 18. Well, game. and that's
0: precisely what happened last year with the Packers and the Lions. They played on the Sunday night, the last game of the regular season, and the Lions won, kept the Packers out of the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, uh, what team, (laughs) who's the worst team that got talked about every day on ESPN and NFL Network during the offseason? The Lions. Like, there's a way to kind of claim some offseason relevance uh, if you're good in that final game, even if you don't have anything to play for. Jason, uh, give me the one thing you'll be looking for that's not a quarterback on Sunday from the Bears' point of view.
1: Well, DJ Moore and Jair Alexander. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that will be really interesting. You only want one?
0: that. that that's, I mean, yeah, start with that
1: one. The Bears' best player against probably Green Bay's best player? Is, do they have a better player? Anyone that's better at their job than him?
0: Aaron Jones, pretty good.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, but yeah, he's right there. Right and yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, that, that should be good. Uh, more so, I think, I mean, that one's pretty obvious. If I had to look to, like, the, the next layer here, it'll be really interesting to see the Bears. Defensive tackles. Yep, against Green Bay's running game, the Bears were so bad against the run last year. And Justin Jones and Andrew Billings are placeholders. Mm-hmm. They are not intended to be. Uh, they they didn't want Justin Jones in the first place. They right. were trying to get uh, Larry Ogunjobi Joby on a, on like double or triple the contract. <laughs> um, they've drafted these two guys, mm-hmm. Dexter and Pickens, to be their starters. They're not the starters right now because they're not ready. But how ready are they, Pat? Like what percentage of the defensive snaps? Are they going to get? Are we going to see a, a noticeable impact when they're in there moving the line? And at what point in the schedule, you know, week four, five, six, do these guys step into starting roles, one or both of them?
0: I, I mean, I think you're probably looking at about a third of the snaps on Sunday. What is that about right?
1: That would seem like I, it's a good number that you've picked because I think those two guys, Dexter and Pickens, getting a third of the snaps would be kind of on schedule. Yep. Absolutely. If it's less than that, I'd be, if it's like 20% of the snaps, I'd be worried. Right. And if it's more like 40 to 45% of the snaps, I would be encouraged about them.
0: Yeah, and it, it depends too, because, you know, if the Packers come out and if, you know, if the, if the Packers come out throwing or if they come out spread, you know, the Bears can kick uh, Demarcus Walker inside. So you, now you don't need those 2D tackles. You need one. Mm-hmm. I think it'll probably speak well for the Bears if, uh, their tackles are off the field a lot. Um, you know, I don't think the Packers are going to be throwing a ton unless they're desperate and uh, or unless they're chasing points, and I think that would be good news for the Bears. You know, I, I'm going to be watching the O-line too, and I realize you don't come to this podcast to listen to interior line chat on either side of the ball, but, uh, you know, the, the idea of moving Cody Whitehair to center and then three weeks ago when there's an injury going, just kidding, you're back to left guard, uh, Lucas Patrick. I guess he's healthy. You know, he's not on the injury report this week, but, you know, we really didn't see him do a whole heck of a lot for the last month since Family Fest. I mean, he got, you know, since...
1: Also, what we have seen of him was last season, and right. it wasn't good. It wasn't good.
0: No, uh, New England, I remember when he came back and then came off the field, uh, what, second quarter, something like that. It was a pretty rough start for him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'll be watching. Does that hold up okay if the Bears made the right decision there? instead of moving Dan Feeney either to center or, or putting Cody at center and Feeney at guard, I think Feeney will be the backup. Uh, that'll be interesting to me. Also, I think Luke Getzey, boy, it'll be interesting to watch his play selection now that he's got a little bit of help. Um, you know, yeah. it's it by the end of last season, it was Claypool was hurt, Mooney was hurt, uh, you know, DJ Moore was on the Panthers, yeah. I mean, it was a lot of turnaround and handed to David Montgomery, and they ran, or they threw it at almost a historically low rate. Uh, now that he's got a more normal <laughs> personnel grouping, I, I wonder if we'll see his personality come out. Yeah, a bit.
1: that's true with Matt Eberflus and Alan Williams too. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like I don't know how you evaluate them from last season. No, I don't know that Eberflus, Williams, or Getsey. Did any better or any worse than any average coach would have done in that spot? They right. were handed a three and fourteen roster mm-hmm. and then went three and fourteen. With and a
0: team that did not actively try to—I mean, by mid-season was actively getting worse. Yeah, uh, it was awful on purpose. Early. On yep. purpose.
1: Yeah. yeah. I so I think now there is a wide range of possibilities. The mm-hmm. defense, it, it, there's something there. Mm-hmm. There's some things missing there. Mm-hmm. That's where Alan Williams and Matt Iberflus come in. And should be able to like if they're the experts that the Bears think they are when they hired them, should be able to vault that defense, make it better than what it sh- what it is on paper. Right. It just wasn't even an option last year. There was right. they could squeeze every drop of talent out of right. that roster last year on both sides of the ball, and it still wouldn't be anything like this roster mm-hmm. on an average day. It's the same for Luke Getzey. Like he did a lot, and Justin Fields did a lot of what they did last year out of necessity. What else are you going to do yep. when you have no time and no one open? Well, in theory. Uh, Ryan Poles says on paper, Justin Fields has everything he needs now. Mm-hmm. This offensive line it is a viable offensive line, and these wide receivers are legitimate wide receivers. Pat, there was a point last year where late in the season, I think he had Pringle and Saint Brown and Nikhil Harry. Yeah, yeah, starting. I, I can't remember which game it was, but I think it was maybe against the Eagles, that's what he had. I mean, that's this is totally different. Right. This is where like. Your second option is Darnell Mooney, who's had a 1,000-yard season in his career. I'd argue to you that... And your Ro- third option is Chase Claypool,
0: who has good seasons on his record. Robert Tunyon, who they brought in to be their second tight end, might have been... If he were on the Bears last month of last season, would he be their, what, second-best receiver? Yeah, I mean, Cole Komet led him in
1: yeah. receiving last year, so yeah, probably. Um, so all of Matt Eberflus's ideas and mm-hmm. Luke Getse's ideas, he's right. the one that you mentioned, Alan Williams, too, but Luke Getse... Like, now we get to actually see it. Because we can see the now, personality. Now there over. are viable pieces in place to do things other than Justin Fields runs for his life or hand the ball off 40 times and run seven. I mean, and throw seven. I understand that every season a lot of times will start out choppy before right. a team finds its way, but it cannot be like it was last year. It cannot be 7 of 11 passing against Green Bay like Justin Fields had in Week 2. It can't be, I think it was 64 points mm-hmm. or something like that through the first four games. Four games. Yeah. I mean, it can't be like that. It can't be where we're all sitting here saying, this is as bad as it was last season. There can be some finding your way, but it should look better from the start when you are returning the same coach, the same quarterback, and you've done nothing but upgrade the rest of the
0: personnel. The Bears are really lucky, I think, to get love in this situation now and not have to play them in Week Six or Week Eight. Um, I don't know that the Packers would say the same thing. I, I wonder if if this is spotty in Week One. You know, do we have a right to expect it to be markedly better in a month? Uh, I'm not sure that potential for growth is there. With Fields, the same way it is with somebody who hasn't played quarterback before, um, or what played one one game the way Justin Fields has. Um, before we get to picks here, and there is a very interesting quirk of uh, you and Mark a Potash making picks. Really? Yes. And we'll get I to don't that. know about this. We'll get to that in a second. Is, is it fair to judge the Bears against the Packers because it's what their fan base cares about the most?
1: No, but it's fair to judge them against the Packers because these are pretty evenly matched teams. Okay. And when you look through their schedule for the first seven games Mm -hmm. there's a lot of this yep they play they do go to the chiefs in week three that's different but the other six games you're talking about green bay tampa bay denver washington minnesota and the raiders those are
0: all a bunch of teams that are kind of okay at best those are quarterbacks that suck for the most part i mean you know patrick mahomes obviously uh, as the exception but that
1: should be a pretty good that you should have a Pretty good indication. It's not like the Bears are starting the season against the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Bills right. or something like that. I think this should give you a pretty healthy sense of where they're at after the first four games
0: and certainly after the first seven. Jason Leisure, I've got your pick written down. Your pick, do you remember the score? 19 to 17, I
1: think the Bears will win for the first time in nine games.
0: How do we get to 19? 19.
1: Uh, just some kind of weird way. Four this, field goals and a touchdown. This is how you pick Bears scores: is you you take whatever you normal think the normal score would right. be, and then just like change it a little bit because always <laughs> something weird happens. Someone always misses an extra point. Right. There's all or a, or a two point conversion right. that you didn't expect. There's there's a ton of like sixteen fourteen Bears games.
0: All right, I got you with four field goals and touchdown here. Sure. Is uh, do you think it's going to be as ugly as the score indicates? Yeah,
1: I think it is going to be kind of an ugly game. You know, two quarterbacks that are not ready, two offenses that just, I mean, really want to run. Mm-hmm. And I am optimistic that it will be a much different, much more exciting game at the end of the season.
0: People forget the Bears won an ugly opener last year. That, so. No,
1: people don't forget that. That was crazy. <laughs> that was such an anomaly.
0: Oh, I just remember.
1: They, maybe they, if you think about it in hindsight, like, if that's a perfect day, <laughs> if that's 70 and sunny, yeah. maybe they lose, like, 50 to 7 in that game.
0: Going into the playoffs last year, I would have bet on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. (laughs) And they lost to the worst team in in football. I also remember being thrilled to just make it to the game. I know. Like, yeah, some of the traffic was horrible. Mark Potash's score, Jason, you want to guess what it is? The same? 19 to 17. For who? Chicago Bears. Oh, okay, cool. uh, Jason just explained how he picks screwy scores. Mark Potash picked the exact same screwy score uh, without uh, without consulting with you first, I yeah, presume. I,
1: I often ask myself, what do I think Patsy would do?
0: It's <laughs> just a good rule for life. I've got the Packers twenty I'm just, I I just got to see it. I, I can't believe that it'll happen until I see it first. I, I think that's a fair statement. Matt Eberflus right now, uh, statistically the worst coach they've ever had, right? Um, Ryan Pulse, statistically the worst CM they've ever had. Uh, Justin Fields coming off a historically inaccurate, passing season and a wonderful rushing season. I just I mean, I don't care who's underneath the Packer helmet. I, I think I need to see the Bears beat them before I, uh, before I can start believing. Uh, what do you think about the final win total?
1: For the Bears? Yes. Well, this is kind of what I was talking about when I was saying there's such a wide range of outcomes mm-hmm. for the team at large, not mm-hmm. just record-wise, right. but just in general, things that could go Really, one direction or the other.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, last year, I mean, the you know, we talked about the Bears having the worst record in football, and they did, but six plays away from winning seven games. Yeah, yeah. So I think that. Uh, do you just want a number? I don't
1: need to give you this no. long rambling answer if you don't want it.
0: No, like, yeah, I, I like the rambling. I, answer. I think anything
1: from five wins to ten wins is not crazy. Right. That is the the worst and best case scenario for them is five wins to ten wins. If everything went right, Patrick, if they were right about everything, right, they they will go ten and seven. Yeah, if everyone's healthy and they're right about Justin Fields and Tremaine Edmonds and this offensive right. line and Claypool and all these other things, they'll go ten and seven. Sure, and that might even win the NFC North Good. this year. Sure, it's so wide open to me. I'm not really big on the Lions, but I would guess it falls somewhere more in the middle okay. of that. Uh, I think they'll be right about some things and they'll be they'll be wrong about some things and injuries. So I think. I would put them
0: at 8 and 9. Okay. Yeah, I've got them at 7 and 10. I, I think uh, I'm of the opinion that going from 3 wins to 7 wins is a pretty good season, honestly. And, and I think they need to learn how to walk before they can run. And uh, going from 3 wins to 10 wins uh, would be a pretty big... I mean, it'd be a huge step. You're right in that it's not outside the realm of possibility. But I mean, how many teams in the history of football have added 7 wins? doesn't happen very often.
1: I hope it's an 8 and 9 that they're... Um, are at least mathematically in the playoff hunt Mm -hmm. like beginning of December or something like that that would at least make things not only would that make things interesting for us and interesting for everyone to watch but it will also be a valuable experience Mm -hmm. and valuable evaluation for Mm -hmm. their players and for Justin Fields specifically I think
0: if they go 5 and 12 and Justin Fields proves that he's the guy I think it's successful I don't even know if that can happen Yeah, who knows Uh, maybe the defense gives up 100 Um, and I'm Beaten down by covering this franchise, as you know, and I've said this here before. If they play relevant games after Thanksgiving, that's kind of all I root for <laughs> at this point. And uh, there have been really bad years when they've managed to do that. And we sit there and go, well, you know, it's if true. they win four in a row, they'll have a chance. Uh, yeah, so I think we're about in the same place. Mark Potash also, I believe, has got them at uh, 7 and 10.
1: They could win five games, though. They could go 5 and 12. That's not ridiculous. Jason, the they list of games you ju-
0: the, the list I'm, of two. opponents you just read off? They can win five games then. They can yeah, win five of those. But
1: they also, you know, they might not be as good as they think they are. The Bears might. And so some <laughs> of those matchups might look a little different when you get to
0: them. Put that on a T-shirt. Them versus Washington, for example. <laughs> yeah, put that on a T-shirt. They might not be as good as they think they are. Uh, that'll do it for here, Jason. We will uh, do our next episode post game from the Soldier Field press box with all the details uh, until then you can follow Jason Mark and I on your social media app of choice check us out on the Sun Times website on their app and pick up a newspaper until then for Mark Potash and Jason Leisure I'm Patrick Finley thanks so much for listening we will be back again real soon